Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Besides. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me is Andrew Christie. All right. And Mark Jarden. Hello. The season's back. Football's finally back. Proper. None of that pre-season pish, you know, like the League Cup. It's just pre-season, isn't it? It's back. We've got a win and a away win as well, so we've already got that monkey offer back. And, I mean, Andrew, were you there? I was there, yeah. Yeah. So you can you can tell us. I, I mean, I, I I saw the whole game, and I think Mark, you saw the whole game too. Yeah, I watched the game through a combination of a terrible hangover and a fire stick. So oh. <laughs> I thought it was about as good a, an opening day as you can have. To be honest, I know last season the the one thing that kind of sticks in the craw a bit is the away form mm-hmm. and the way we set up uh, when we did play away. And Sunday there was just absolutely none of that. There seems to be a wee bit of a debate as to how we actually lined up, what formation we played. But to my kind of untrained eye, I think it was sort of a three-four-three, maybe almost a five-two-three off the ball with um, Strain and Tanzer sort of sitting quite deep with Kilty McMenamin slotting in behind. But I what that did was just allow us to totally dominate the middle of the park. Uh, Bacchus and O'Hara were were brilliant. I think the Hibs central three of Josh Campbell, Jake Doyle Hayes, and John Yule was just um ah, it's not not great at all. It's just so so lightweight. It's three midfielders. Admittedly, I'm a, a massive fan of John Yule, but it's three midfielders who can he really tackle. And Bacchus and O'Hara were able to just run over the top of them and just control the game and I that really set the tone for what was a, a really impressive win, other than out with that sort of twenty-minute wobble in the second half. I think it's it's just the polar opposite to last season. You know, obviously we went on to to be really strong at home last season, but we started with a what was a pretty disappointing defeat given the the performance. And this season, 
off the back of some pretty troubling away form last year. We've gone to a stadium traditionally where we don't pick anything up at all and come away with a richly deserved three points. So hopefully that's not an omen for this season to be an absolute basket case of a season for that to be as good as things get. But I, I even in my most pessimistic, I don't think that's going to be the the case. Um, I think it was also think, is that Steve Robinson's first uh, win on the opening day of a season, which is quite a, a mad yeah. stat. So Maybe what, I've made that up, but I'm so sure I did see that. What you're going to say is we're going to win the league. Aye. I think so. Cool. Well, Natural order has been restored. Aye. We'll talk about the, well, the first talking point, um, the first major incident in the game was the penalty decision. I don't think it's as controversial as some Hibs fans are making this out to be. I can see I the set, there's certain angles. The certain angles where you think it's a bit, a bit soft, but the sort of reverse angle you can see. If that is Greg Kelty diving, then he's going to get injured a lot because he dives by folding his ankle. <laughs> so he gets he gets nicked, and it's a pretty clear cut penalty. I don't really see as much in it to be honest. I think his reaction said everything about how angry he was that the referee didn't. And like that shows you that there definitely was contact there. His foot was taken away. He's now been put off balance. And yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely a penalty. And there was a there was a good maybe three four minutes between the foul and uh, I love when that happens. Being given, so I uh, kind of forgotten yeah. what when the the VAR thing gets called. You're kind of racking your brains trying to think. Like I think if if he had, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he makes the most is maybe too harsh, but I think he like. Emphasizes the contact. Serves the contact, which, doesn't he? Which is entirely within his his rights to to do so. I think if he if he had taken a dive to then make such a fuss about basically ensuring that it got um, checked by VAR, it would have been mental if it was a dive. Like if that's a dive, then you're just like sheepishly being like, "Oh, that one didn't go for us," mm-hmm. and and trying to draw as little attention as as possible to it. I think. Um, I can understand why you would be frustrated, but I think any Hibs fan who's making a fuss about that, if that happens in the Simon box and it's Christian Dodge or whoever that goes down, you're absolutely screaming for that. It's just I mean, let's be real, it would be Martin Boyle. Yeah. Maybe. And it would be a it would be a much worse dive. Yeah, and there would be less contact yeah. as well. Um but uh, you're right, like it it takes his foot away from him. It doesn't have to be like really solid deliberate contact in order for that to be a, a penalty you're talking about moving at speed and fine margins and he's been impeded so <laughs> excuse me I think I think it was a I mean Stonewallers may be overused but I, I don't see a world in which that's not a penalty if I'm honest. no and then Mark O'Hara cool cam and collected from the spot which uh, Gordon McComb if you're listening that's what you need to say when he scores and that needs to be known because we're going to have to say it 12 or 13 times yes. this season. So, get it sorted. But, um, I mean, it is good just having Marco Hara there to, to slot that home. I remember there was a time, remember when we had like, when Tomo first joined us and all that, and I think we had like eight people try to take penalties and we missed most of them. That was... Yeah. And I don't even think that Marco Hara is like the world's best penalty taker. I don't think he's in the same level for example is McGrath I think McGrath is a genuinely you know specialist penalty taker O'Hara's just confident and technically strong Aye, he just, he's very, he, not, not to borrow uh, James Fraser but he's just he's very very cool yeah, he's, just, he's, he's, he's just um, he's just got the courage of his convictions he knows where he's going to put it and he runs up and he puts it there 
with pacing get, really fucked he get, too much. gets enough practice doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> are you sure he doesn't play for Rangers <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I think um, we like everybody on the podcast except from Ross would be more happy if, if, for us to be a bit more clever in the box especially yeah. when you've got Mark O'Hara there that will nine times out of ten will score that penalty so we'd yeah, be a bit more a, Colin Quinn esque yes yeah. I'm a big guy a big dark hearts guy Absolutely, I'm all all in favour of us making the absolute most of anything at our disposal. I think for for way too, I'm all for us being a, like a a morally upstanding club when it comes to like a role in the community and fan ownership and getting it up other teams who've just got folk with deep pockets and all that. Like I'm all in favour of taking the high horse, but when it comes to the actual football, we have been too nice for too long, and I'm thrilled that we are a gang of pricks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we didn't need to wait too long for the second talking point, and you know what a finish from it's a, a matter of seconds. It wasn't long from kick off at all. No, Toyosi Olasanya, who we should we should point out wasn't due to be playing. No, I think it was like, like it was right at the end of the warm up. Got the call that Mandron had injured himself in the warm up, and he got that got the start. Mm-hmm. Was it against Hibs at home last year in the one 0 game when Bacchus had like three or four chances really late on? But he was yeah. just overlapping that it just it's got to be deliberate, right? That we've added <coughs> excuse me, a bit more pace and athleticism up front and that we're actively trying to play through teams and not just at the end of the game when folk are getting tired. You've got to imagine Robinson's watched us do that a few times last year, but not nearly enough because we didn't have a pacey front line mm-hmm. at all for all of Maine's qualities and all of Ayunga's qualities. They weren't, you know, kind of nippy. Strikers, they weren't taking 10, 15 yards off people. Whereas you, you look at O'Hara, O'Hara is it is it Hanlon? He absolutely smashed it. Or I said Josh Campbell. Josh Campbell, sorry. Yeah, he, he, he gets absolutely kind of caught dawdling. Yeah, and there's just there's no takes no prisoners at all. It's not a dirty tackle at all. It's just like I'm not going to like give you the benefit of the doubt to try and bring that down. Just straight through him. Looks up. Olasanya's already splitting. Is it Hanlon and Fish that he splits at the back? Think, yeah, he kind of runs across so Fish, doesn't he? Plays the intelligent pass, and it, there's only ever one thing happening. And then I, I can't remember if we said this in the group chat or, or if it was on Twitter or or whatever. But last season, or even in the League Cup, Olasanya gets those kind of chances, and I think your heart's in your mouth a wee bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, I hope, I hope he's got the composure here, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was the terrace I was listening to where they, they were talking about um, Robinson's interview and Olasanya's interview about him being told to just kind of try and take the complicated stuff out, play a bit more on instinct, just do the stuff that you know that you can do. And I think that's that's what happens. All of Olasanya's thinking and intelligence is in the run. And by the time he gets to the ball, it's just a case of put your foot through it. Mm-hmm. Don't um, don't panic, middle of the goal. And sure enough, he's, he's rolled at home. I think he deserves a lot of... A lot of credit for making the run and a lot of credit for, for finishing it off as well. I think it's proof that he's, he's maybe stepped his game up a bit. It's a proper clinical striker's finish, which is... Yeah. And, like, even from, like, the start of the season, we kind of saw him um, in the early sort of Betfred stages. You were like, seeing him. It looked like that you were happy to call this experiment over and say, like, this isn't working. You know, he just doesn't really know what he's doing when he's got the ball. You know, happy to hold my hands up, and if he can continue, like obviously we're not going to expect this from like every game, but like if he can score a couple more of them this season, 
and like um and create a lot of chances as well like we know his speed we should really be using that to his advantage and if he can keep his play simple we, i think he's he's we're finally maybe getting to see the player that you know robinson says was in there i think the fact that he was he was handed the start so late on in the day mm-hmm. kind of did wonders for him he just didn't have any time to to think about it or get in his head or get nervous it's just a case of get out there and just do it because you've got no choice but to and yeah it's a chance that he's he's taken really well and i had that i wouldn't be surprised i don't know the extent of manjohn's injury i imagine we'll maybe be told tomorrow or something but we'll be against him starting in saturday at all we've seen we know one of the big faces in the dundee defense i know we'll get back we'll get to this game later mm-hmm. but we've got a familiar face back there that doesn't deal with pace all that well so I'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start and I wouldn't be against seeing him start at all mm-hmm. to be honest I think as, as well with Olesanya that Hearts game aside which you know I think was just don't, I don't think the conditions were ever there for that to be a you know to be a proper shot window for him um, everything we've had of Olesanya has been in these League Cup games it's been in games where we'd expect him to be technically better than the opposition more professional than the opposition and all the rest of it. This is maybe the first time we've had a proper look at him, a team at our level where we are set up to play the way that Robinson actually wants to play, which is this um, not not kind of underdog way, but Robinson's whole game is suited to playing against in these games, which are tough to win, where you have to battle for it, and teams think that they can step up, and actually you punish them for it, and all the rest of it. And actually, Olasanya, if he can keep doing what he's doing, is a pretty good foil for that because he's got the legs and everything else whereas us with 80% of the ball and trying to fashion some kind of neat chance out of nowhere maybe just isn't his game this is maybe more of an insight into what he can actually do mm-hmm. in, a, in a system so I'm certainly not revising everything that was said I think there's, there's lots of perfectly valid criticism from last year and I think like Maine before just because he's, he seems to have now turned a bit of a, a corner doesn't mean that the the other stuff didn't happen, but hopefully this is the, the kind of first step in um, kind of redefining what his time at St Martin's going to be. I, I think we've all, until we're, we're blue in the face, have said, um, you know, Robinson's signing record other than all this Anya has been really, really positive. So I think to be able to drop that caveat would mm-hmm. um, would be a bit of credit to, to both all Anya and Robinson. Uh, when I can, we can then kind of look in the, uh, the sort of second half of the game. And basically how it changes, but I think I also thought it was quite funny. Lee Johnson making two first half substitutions that is a sign of oh fuck, I am fucked. Aye, I think we were just we're so relentless in that open half. I think we like the goal. Um, Alessandro's goal was so indicative of how we just we pressed, we harried just so well. Uh, Just totally cut out any service to um, Boyle and Yuan. I think Boyle was pretty much anonymous the whole game. Yuan didn't really come into the game until kind of 70, 75 minutes. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it is a, it's a massive admission of I fucked up this team selection, but mm. it's one that he had to do because I think that game would have got away from them very quick. And maybe credit to Johnson, they did come out in the second half a bit better. They kind of changed the way they were playing. I think they kind of tried to go a bit more direct up towards Dodge which they did get a bit of luck out of and I don't know if we dealt that well with which 
if we are kind of looking at the negatives of Sunday, I think and pre-season, I think we've seen us not really been able to deal that well with kind of direct long balls, which is a bit of a worry, but I, I think other than the 20-minute wobble, I think it was a pretty good showing. I think I think with, with what really changed the game, obviously Hibs made some changes, but I think our tactical changes as well were the wrong ones to make. And we can go on to say about Alex Greaves' goal later, but when Alex Greaves came on for Olesanya, that you automatically saw how much that changed about how like yeah. how much work maybe Olesanya was doing. Like, um, you know, that pace just completely disappeared. And, you know, we've been advocates of Alex Greaves for a while and like you know we we're big fans of him when he came in he was raw and stuff but I think we're all kind of under agreement that it maybe is time for him to go and get a loan in the championship he needs to be kicked just, about a bit more he needs to like just have a wee bit more about him that, that's missing and I think that was the big changing point of the game Obviously, I think then, his decision his decision making just was kind of lacking I think both goals pretty much came from him giving the ball away in the, the final third kind of thing and starting attack but I know like like you said but we are big fans of him but I think he does need to maybe drop down a level and just get like you say get kicked about a bit and it's kind of taking that um, sorry sorry Jim no I was going to say taking the the first head school um, as an example I think having let Shaughnessy leave and also been fairly comfortable letting Gallagher leave um, out of our back three you would assume, unless unless Stephen Robinson knows something that that we don't, is mostly down to pace. It's mostly down to physically both Shaughnessy and Gallagher just not quite having that yard in them. And with that being said, it was really frustrating to watch us get turned on the halfway line mm-hmm. yeah. and be left absolutely nowhere. I think um, I don't think uh, Gogic is the is the perfect footballer. I, I, I generally speaking quite like him at centre half, but um, that's as bad as, for example, Shaughnessy v Motherwell mm-hmm. um, in Robinson's first few months for me in terms of someone just being caught, just not even in the wrong place, like caught out of their comfort zone. As in, it looked as if he genuinely had no idea what he should do. Yeah. At that point, he, he half stepped up and then half pulled out of it and tried to step back and then and really only half committed to both of those was nowhere near when the ball was first in him's possession with the Fondra in the middle, but was then also so caught out by quite a quite a basic pass out wide and then what how old's Lafondra? What, thirty six? Mm-hmm. Something like thirty five, thirty seven and Gogic never gets anyone near him. He's it's pretty it's pretty poor and I'm I'm sure he feels the same. I as I'm a I'm a fan of Gogic, I th- I think I think we're, we'll probably be stronger with him in our defence than we would have been if we'd kept either of Shaughnessy or, or Gallagher, given how it looked like they were they were maybe going in terms of their, their trajectory. But we can't really do that again. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Gokic as centre-back, but I think there's certain games that suit him. And I don't think the way that the game was going on Sunday was that kind of game. I don't know if, if Bolton was fit, maybe he would be that the middle of the back three. Yeah. Um, I know he has played there in the past. I don't know if that would have been the plans. I think if he's kind of more of a big head the ball away type centre back, maybe that's the better option in certain situations than Gorgic. And apart from anything, as the game stretched, I think we maybe missed Gorgic in the middle as well. 
Um, I know Boyd Munch came on and looked looked pretty good in spells as well, but I do think we kind of do miss Gorgic in the midfield in situations. And For yeah. sure, and I think, and I th- sorry, Jamie, um, do you want to talk? No, I no, on you go, on you go. On you go. I think in a three-person midfield, I'm absolutely with you, I think, with us maybe trying to play this, this um, two-man yeah, midfield. Gorgic just doesn't quite have the... I don't think he quite covers enough ground in order to to do that job. So at that point you're having to accept maybe that we can't have two wingers and mm-hmm. and Grieve if you're going to push Gogic back up. But it's a, it's a it's a tricky one, I think, if we're going to change system here, then it really does come down to to personnel. And this is maybe a lesson that for starting games we maybe do have the personnel to play three four three, but as games get stretched, we maybe do need a bit more flexibility in order to to do that because I, I think it's what you were saying, Jamie. I think the change in tactics is what killed us. I don't think it's the Hibs got better. I think it's that we yeah. sat back and let them into it. And then we we need to talk about the the giant Sam Smith shaped <laughs> elephant in the room with regards to the first goal, um, which Sam said Sam is adamant that um, there was no fault of the keeper um, at all. But um, you, and we kind of knew this from what the way what Kilmarnock fans were saying essentially that he, he is slow to get down and like low shots is his weakness and I have I've seen myself move quicker than that for do we do we give him the benefit of saying that it's taking a nick off Gogic as well though I I don't think we give him the benefit of that but I also think we temper what we're saying with, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're almost nitpicking mm-hmm. I don't think he's made a glaring error and I think broadly speaking he had a reasonable game mm-hmm. I, I don't want that to be uh, to be I'm, forgotten we should take advantage of Sam not being here and being able to kind of speak with nuance about oh, it yeah. um, <laughs> but I I think he should have done better with that and I think not this isn't a criticism of Heyman but I think if we had Carson in goals there's a chance Carson saves mm-hmm. that and I think we need to accept that I don't think Hemmings necessarily the worst keeper on the the planet. I think he actually did some stuff really well on Sunday. He made a couple of couple of really promising saves. The one at his near post from is that from Ewan? Um, yeah, with his feet. I have down low. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. There's there's lots of positives there. I do think we probably need to accept that we don't have a shot stopper anymore of Carson's caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't have to be a criticism of someone else. I think Carson was an, a, an exceptional goalkeeper. I mean, look, um, we'll just we'll just defend better. It's fine. They won't have the shots to face. Yeah, it's pretty much. We're, we're I might, I might actually tweet the club that. That's a pretty good insight. <laughs> All right, lads, just defend better. <laughs> you didn't tell us you'd got that gig as the new club analyst. Andrew. Defend more and better. Yes, <laughs> guess, Andrew. Um, I think we've we've spoken enough about Simon goals in the past where. There's not really any one person that deserves to take all of the no, not the at blame. All, not you've at all. you've got you've got like three or four people maybe playing at like eighty two percent of their maximum <laughs> instead of the full hundred, and that combines to us being a bit short in that situation. Heming or another goalkeeper could maybe have get down a bit quicker or maybe get out a bit more to to kind of narrow that angle. Gogic should have stopped that mm-hmm. happening in the first place, and I think because Gogic is nowhere. Taylor and Fraser are both kind of struggling to get back on top of. Yeah, it's just it's a catalogue of errors and it's just poor. And yeah. to be honest, if we're going to do that, we should probably only do it once we're two goals up. Like it's not the end of the world. If we were, if it was now now in a tight game and we were doing that, that's a slightly different problem. 
because when we move to look at the second goal, right, I'm a big fan of Boyd Munts and I agree, like, I think he's a good player in the midfield. But we obviously looked to, like, kind of shut up shop and we, we brought off McMenamin, which essentially left us with Grieve, our only striker on the pitch, which I don't know, especially when you've got, right, um, Nachmani on the bench and um, Jameson, whether maybe they're both two, like, I'm surprised Jameson never got on the pitch. Mm. I, I probably would have put him on ahead of Grieve, but. I mean, Grieve then went to shut us up. So, uh, I think that that taking McMenamin off like essentially killed our complete attacking threat at that point, where it looked like we were to sit back, and I don't think we were confident enough to sit back, and that kind of led to the the second goal. If we're going to sit back, I think we need one of two things: we need guys like McMenamin who are capable of taking the ball and stretching teams and holding the ball and giving a bit of respite. Or we need guys who are as physical as Curtis Main, for mm-hmm. example, who we can launch the ball up at with a little bit of confidence that they're going to give the defence a bit of a nightmare and keep the ball up there for a little while or create something out of nothing and give the defence a bit of respite. If we don't have either of those things, then we're just going to face attack after attack after attack and it then just becomes a bit inevitable. I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun and talk about our, our winner just yet, but if that hadn't happened, I was 100% convinced we were losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, it felt like the tide had completely turned and it was only going one way at that point. And I think that there was times last season, St Johnston at home um, was maybe the one that I remember most from from being there. I mean, me and Ross were commentating that night, put them to the sword. In this game. Scored, took our goals well, and then for five, ten minutes, just were entirely happy to sit back and and just, you know, do your worst. And sure enough, they scored an overhead kick. Like, it's it's mental. It's absolutely... So, I, do, I, do, I, I think we need to be a little bit more careful. By all means, if you don't think we've got the legs to continue to try and stretch a game, and it leaves us more vulnerable than shore things up and and maybe look to just make us harder to to break down and accept that we're not gonna have the ball. But there still needs to be something that's, that that at least kind of lessens the amount that we're gonna face. Mm-hmm. And I think for for all of Greaves' qualities, and I think he has a sub who does a lot to stretch games and he's he's shown it again that this is his his wheelhouse. I think my biggest criticism of, of him is that I just don't think he affects the game enough. We can't rely on him as a lone striker because he just doesn't impact enough. It's the, the ball's just going to end up back in a half. It generally, it generally felt like a bit of a power move from Robinson, where he's he's obviously been vocal in the press that he wants another striker, but we need to, our budget's been stretched and stuff like that. Where he's in, kind of saying, "Look, this is what we've been left with. We've left with Alex Grieve right. up front, and Alex Grieve goes and scores and ruins it for him." But um, so that's a risky gamble. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean. We, any uh, do we want to analyse their equaliser that much or should we just go on to the good part if I was going to say anything it would be that I seem to remember Richard Taylor taking a bit of shit for it um, he's the only one that tries to tackle for the first ball <laughs> and he's still getting up and trying to get back into position by the time the second ball comes in I think his Gogic is on one side and Fraser's on the other mm-hmm. both kind of a bit lost I don't think it's that different to the first goal in terms of like our defensive positioning, I think we're just we're just miles out. It's 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 a poor goal to lose. 
I think as well, kind of maybe give the the defence a bit of an excuse. I think Yuan's gone to shoot. I think it is. A, I don't know if it's a cross. I think yeah. it's maybe a mishit shot that Dodge being a very good penalty box striker is just first to it. There's been a lot of criticism of Dodge, and do you mean that my problem part of it? I can't really remember. I thought Dodge was excellent. When he, when I thought he was excellent. On, he, he I was thought he was, real, he was very good in Europe on the previous Thursday as well. So I think he's yeah. he's going to have a real role for them this season. I hadn't really appreciated just how different a player he was since he had that really bad injury. Because mm. my, my memory of him when he first came into Hibs was really really positive, and then you know towards the the end and with his loan last year. I've kind of got this impression of him now is of him being a bit of a kind of empty shirt of a striker, just a kind of big handful that doesn't really do anything, whereas actually he was really dynamic. I thought he was at the heart of everything that Hibs were doing to try and turn his back around. And he's probably a little unlucky to end up on the losing side. When there was rumours about him being our mystery striker, there was patrons on our Discord ready to not go back to another game <laughs> uh, if, if that was the case. and Oh, how stupid they may look now. But We've, we've, we're on record repeatedly both saying that Curtis Main's the worst player to ever play for someone and then in tears because it looks like he's leaving like yeah. I think like, you, you kind of have to put an opinion out there now and it means that more often than not you're going to end up looking daft and I'd, if, if you're talking about signing Christian Dodge of last year I don't think it's unreasonable to say that we should probably be thinking we're better than that mm-hmm. but I think what's different isn't that we've been wrong about Dodge it's that Dodge seems to be getting much closer to to the striker he was before. And then I, well, we need to talk about our winner. Last minute winner. One of the best headers I think I've seen headed goals I've seen us score. Yeah, it was a very, stadium. very good. Like great ball from Kelty. Um terrible defending from Hibbs. Um, <laughs> also it's a yeah. it's a move it's a move started very cleverly by Hemming mm. to give him his credit. Yeah. Um I did see a bit of um you wouldn't have got that with Carson kind of discourse yeah. no we would have because they're both smart, smart goalkeepers Carson's distribution was excellent yeah I'm, yeah I'm all for like the guy's name being dead to us and all the rest of it but I don't know that we can revise history quite to that extent Carson was excellent with the ball in his hand um, and was good at picking out Carson set up a lot last year in terms of fairly route one stuff when something was on against against the odds um, so I think we can both compliment Hemming for mm-hmm. spotting that we could break fairly quickly instead of just sitting back without necessarily needing to say look he is better than Carson I think we can probably let that lie but um, um, no, on you go. Sorry. no no I was just going to fill the silence by saying again how good Kilty's oh, run yeah. and cross was yeah. fantastic and how good was um, the crowd shot that appeared Oh, my camera's been off. Uh, but I'm still here. Um, <laughs> uh, the crowd shot that zoomed down to our very own Ross <laughs> Davidson, who did say after the Hibs game he would be back on every podcast. And, uh, you know, I think he's still, think he's still face down in a pub in Leith. <laughs> it seemed like it. Him, both him and our own Sam Smith had a, a bit of a, a session on Sunday mm-hmm. after that one. It sounded pretty... Pretty tasty, um, but that I can see that gift getting used uh, on an almost daily have basis. Have we tweeted out? Yeah, we should tweet it out and show everybody what we mean. Or I think it's been a Discord exclusive so far. Has it? Um, but we can maybe get it up on. I'm I sure mean, it'll we'll see. We'll tweet, we'll tweet it out the next time we score a goal. So we'll tweet it out at least maybe like <laughs> three times on Saturday. 
It's three minutes That's, past three. Aye. I like that talk. Mm-hmm. All Asanya's first on Saturday. Oh, but uh, we'll talk about that, you know, after this. Hi, I'm Alex Grieve, and you're listening to Misery Hunters. I didn't think I'd get to play that button ever again. I genuinely, <laughs> and then he went and scored. So, uh, last thing to I know you've just done the oh, sorry done the, the segue, Jamie, but Kilty's celebration yeah. after the goal is absolutely astounding. Goes full to Murray gets by it. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, we are playing Dundee at the weekend, uh, and if you are not at the game, you will get to hear the jovial tones of myself and Mark Jordan on comms. Lucky you, and Misery Hunters Aye. are back on comms. I'm not at the game, so I mean, I'll, I'll be in Edinburgh, so I'll need to find a find a pub to listen to your your dulcet tones. But I, how, how are we feeling about Dundee? It's it's not really a team I ever look forward to playing. To be honest, I think we've had some pretty honking games in the past it's got a kind of reasonable record although for every Charlie Adam glorious assist <laughs> across his own six yard box there's that game was that was that last year when it's as bad a performance as I've seen as put the 1-0 they... was it the, the Max uh, Anderson goal uh, and uh, uh, Adam just... and McGowan just tore us to the shreds that's just completely out my memory like when I think of the Dundee I think of you know, the Charlie Adam assist, the Cody Cook hat trick. Um, yeah. Ronan last minute. Yeah. I even the, heard it as well. Danny Jack Mullen, Hamilton's two assists. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Alan Stubbs only only win. You know, if yeah. Alan Stubbs can beat this lot, we can beat this lot. I'm quietly confident. Yeah, I know it's a, um, they've, they've signed quite well, but again, they still have Shaughnessy in defence. Like, um, I think if we play the way we played against Hibs, like, we should do a decent job here. Um and like I was quietly confident. Well, I wasn't quietly. I, I said on the in the Discord that we were going to win this game two one. Uh, we won three two, but we still won. And I think I think I can see it again that we're going to we're going to do well against Dundee. And we're going to beat them. And I and I think it'll be. And it's quite good because like in the past few seasons when we've been winning games, it's only been like by one goal here or there. I think we've got enough in our team to take a few goals in this as well. I'm, I'm going to I'm going three one. I think as well we can. Uh, Tony Doherty spent his career alongside Derek McInnes playing like a very... Oh, Hibs are one now. Sorry. Joe uh, just scored an absolutely <laughs> stonking goal. <laughs> I but we, can, uh, we know what we're going to get. We're going to likely face a, a kind of 3-5-2. Um, I think Luke McCowan and is it Owen Beck played in the wings on Saturday against Motherwell. Um, I think Dundee actually looked like they could be an alright team this season. They've got rid of a lot of the deadwood of kind of Paul McMullen, Paul McGowan, people like that, and they've added quite well. I, I quite like to look at that in the forwards. Uh, Bakayoko looks pretty good. I've mentioned McGowan. Uh, Scott Tiffany, of course, is signed as well. I think not without their threats. <laughs> and But in, in defence, like we will mention them a lot over the next couple of weeks, but they do have Joe Shawnee there, and we have seen how susceptible he can be to, to a mobile kind of pacey forward. So... Look, no disrespect to Dundee at all. It will be a tough game, of course, but if we have aspirations of finishing in the top six, it is a game that uh, playing this team in Paisley is a game that we should be looking to win. Not not to take it for granted that we will. Uh, uh, like I say, it would be a tough game, but it would be a real statement to to win these so-called like winnable games. 
I think it is the equivalent of Ross County coming to town last year. Aye, you can't, aye. You can't assume anything, and you know, like that Richard Tate game was as tight a game as as you could expect. Um, and I think there's every chance this is a particularly tight game. But if we're going to hold ourselves to the same standard as what we ended up seeing last year, then we need to come out and put a performance on and, and find a result. In games like this, we, we can't really... I'm not saying we're getting any kind of divine right to it. It can absolutely go the other way, but I just don't see... You know, Stephen Robinson's going to be preparing the, the side for this one. Like, he prepares them for a game at Easter Road. It's not going to be, you know, go out there and try and contain them and see what you can take off them. This is going to be, you know, Livingston at home last year. This is going to be... You need to get yourselves out there and play your game and, and really put a stamp down on this and don't let them get anywhere near it. And I think that's that's got to be how we look at it. You need to try and stretch them. I think what's their back line? Shaughnessy, Ashcroft. But you got the Mexican guy. Oh, he went off Talis, yeah. Is he the guy that's it. been renowned as this like big Mexican hard one and then he got kicked and went off after like 15 minutes? I think it was less than that. <laughs> I think it might have been. Hold on. Six yeah. minutes. Six minutes and Mulligan came on. Yeah, so... You know, if, if we're, we're switching to this shape to create more chances and put more away, then this is really the kind of afternoon that you're looking at to see if that's going to make a difference. I was just having a wee look, at the, look at the match stats against Motherwell in their previous game. They had 17 shots, but only three of those were on target. I mean, that's the, the game at the weekend should come a massive asterisk that that pitch was yeah, as close to Scotland, Georgia as, as, we, <laughs> as we've seen. It was there's not a lot of football happening, so. I think that we should that should be the stats should be tempered with that a little bit. In a beach volleyball where you haven't to flick it up to take a shot. Ah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I think quietly confident and I trust I trust us at home against anybody. And yeah. And if if we do want to finish top six again, this is the the one you want to, to win and like it there's to go um, our first two matches in a row, like two wins, six points, like that's huge for us. I wouldn't be able to tell you the last time that happened. Um, this is where someone comes in and tells me it was like two years ago. But yeah. I, th- I think we'll do well. And, uh, is there anything else that anyone wants to bring up on this potential? I oh, think it's Trevor kind of- Carson, please. Mm. Yeah, me too. Um I think it's kind of classic build-up for us to talk about all the exciting stuff and then for us then to be like an absolute shit fest. Oh, no, we'll have to lose one now, but I'm genuinely excited about getting there and getting to see, you know, as assumedly playing a three-four-three and having McMenamin on the pitch, and you know, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a while since we've been at a home game. Since Kebab, I've been at a home Kebab game, pies so. are back. Cannot wait. Correct. I've only my only serving of live football so far this summer was the Montrose game, so. <laughs> Yeah. I think, uh, yep. So I'm looking forward to getting to see some actual football, hopefully. Mm. Any more for any more? That's nah. me. Cool. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Misery Hunters. Uh, £3 a month, you get access to our Discord and entered into monthly prizes. Congratulations to you and Glassford who won the, the last month's prize. You won our fancy new training top. Uh, everybody who's a Patreon this month will get entered into a new competition prize at the moment is still to be decided but we'll come up with something and it can range from anything from out of date kebab pies to uh, it's not going to be a season ticket but we have given away a season ticket in the past Um, Ross uh, Ross Davidson's offered to do a one on one viral gift seminar 
Oh. With people to, to teach them how to capture the internet's attention. <laughs> the money can't buy price. And he he's he's asked us to reiterate the point that he's more than happy for anybody who listens to go up and talk to him if you see him out in the wild, doesn't? And see no, if you see a, if you see a spare seat next to him at the football. Mm-hmm. He was saying that. That's in, yours, um, baby. Yeah, he was saying that on WhatsApp actually. That the one thing he's missed most over the summer with the season being finished is just random conversation from people he doesn't already know. Mm-hmm. He would come up, ask him what he thinks about the team. You tell him what you think about the team. Get a dialogue going. He's, mm-hmm. He's, he's he might, seems, might seem standoffish, but he's a hugger. So if you go and hug him, you've gained yeah, his yeah. trust immediately. So that's the way forward. Um, MiseryHunters.co.uk, all our merch is on there. Uh, we probably should be doing a new t-shirt design. We'll get something sorted. I keep saying this, but then uh, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Um, and uh, PaisleyCraftBeer.com, 25 Lawn Street, you know it. Everybody knows it. Get down there, buy some beer. And um, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Trevor Carson. Fuck Mason Greenwood. Mm. Oh yeah, ah yeah. Fuck Ian Watkins. Steps ever done it? You. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.